I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jason Flom, CEO and founder of Lava for Good Podcasts, home to Bone Valley, Wrongful Conviction, The War on Drugs, and many other great podcasts. Today, we're asking you, our listeners, to take part in a survey. Your feedback is going to help inform how we make podcasts in the future. Your complete and candid answers will help us continue to bring you more insightful and inspiring stories about important topics that impact us all. So please go to lavaforgood.com slash survey and participate today. Thank you for your support. Bone Valley is sponsored by Stand Together. Stand Together is a philanthropic community that partners with America's boldest changemakers to tackle the root causes of our country's biggest problems, including the failed war on drugs that has criminalized addiction, fueled over-incarceration, and shattered communities. By 35, Kelly Lingard was an executive with a Fortune 20 IT company. If you had asked her thoughts on addiction, she would have said that addiction was about making bad choices and irresponsibility. But after hearing the story of a woman in recovery, Kelly's perspective shifted. She began to understand that addiction was a problem of pain, not irresponsibility, as she discovered how difficult it is for people to maintain their sobriety in the long run. After watching too many women get sober only to relapse and die within days or weeks of completing a recovery program, Kelly knew she could use her business skills to make a difference. She left her career and started Unshattered with the mission of ending the addiction relapse cycle. Unshattered employs women in recovery, training them to make premium handbags from upcycled materials and providing them with a compassionate community that helps them continue their journey beyond sobriety to move toward healing and growth. It demonstrates a smarter way of treating addiction that moves away from criminalization and keeps people out of the system. Kelly Lingard is one of the many entrepreneurs partnering with Stand Together to drive solutions in education, healthcare, poverty, and criminal justice. To learn more about addiction and the war on drugs, listen to the War on Drugs podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
sound check. Hello. Hey there. Welcome to Foggy Florida. Welcome back to Foggy Florida. I know, this is crazy this morning. It's very ominous out. Um, We're back. Testing, <laughs> testing. There we go, that sounds good. Thank you. Just went right to the roof. Okay. Pull your head off. Um, <clears throat> I think we're good. What, what time do you have to be there? According to the website, they um, say they'd start checking you in at 8.15. Okay. So. A few weeks ago, Kelsey and I flew down to Florida. We met Judge Scott Cup in a parking lot of a public supermarket. Turns out, Judge Cup had something he really wanted to talk to Leo about, in person. When we first found out that he had arranged a visit with Leo, and why, it just felt like we should be there too. So we decided to make the drive with him, through the dense morning fog of Bone Valley, to Hardy Correctional Institution. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I was going to say, what are your expectations for this? I, that's why I want to spend a lot of time. Um, I haven't seen him in... Eight years. More than a decade ago, Scott Cup was Leo's defense lawyer. At that time, Cup would occasionally make the drive to Hardy to speak with Leo. It began as routine attorney visits, but eventually it got to the point that Cup would make the drive to Hardy even when he didn't have any updates on Leo's case. He'd just go to talk to Leo. Officially, he was going in as a lawyer, but really, he was visiting as a friend. But in 2014, Cup was appointed to the bench by Florida Governor Rick Scott. An appointment like that is a tremendous honor, the opportunity of a lifetime, really. But Cup also knew that taking the bench would mean that he'd no longer be able to represent Leo. And as a judge, if he continued to visit an inmate, that would raise eyebrows within the legal community. When was the last time? I was going to ask him that. Because I know I went to see him right after I found out I was going to take the bench. I saw him before that to kind of get his blessing, and typical Leo, he just chewed my ass. When you say uh, he chewed your ass? Like... This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. I asked Leo about that last conversation they had eight years ago. The last time Leo had seen his former defense attorney his close friend. He was, he was telling me that, you know, the governor was, was appointing him to the bench, and that would mean, you know, certain things for us. The biggest thing was that he would no longer be able to represent me, and he didn't want to make that decision by himself. And I was blown away that he was, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to sound off on it. And I, and I told him then, I said, Scott, I, said, I, I cannot allow any more sacrifice into this case, you know, and I'm definitely not going to ask you to sacrifice your career for it. And, uh, and, and we were in tears and he had said, then he said, I, I knew you were going to say something. Like I told him, I said, I am super proud of you that there's absolutely nothing to discuss in this. That you, you will take that appointment and you will go out and be the best damn judge that they have. But, you know, that was my comfort in knowing that I know somebody, I personally know somebody that works in the judicial system that is upright, has integrity, is honest, and is doing the right thing. That's who you want in those positions. That's who we need protecting society. Typical Leo, he just doesn't think of himself first. That's what's got him through this. He thinks of everybody else. 
And those aren't just words. That's where he lives. So with Leo's blessing, Scott Cup became Judge Scott Cup in 2014. Taking the bench, that was difficult because I, I knew at that point, I'm done. I can't, I can't do anything to help him. But again, I was wrong about that because then I met you. Since that day in 2014, Judge Cup hasn't seen Leo, and it hasn't been easy. He says it felt like he was abandoning him. We stay in touch sporadically. You know, it's kind of like a distant relative, you know, cards at the holidays. Um, but, you know, now, now with what I've decided to do, it's, it's time for me to go see him. So the three of us pile in the car and start heading to Hardy. The expected drive time is one hour and 26 minutes. Do you really need that? So, yeah, so it's all 31, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 31, 64, 17. All right, I can turn it Bangs. Sitting judges aren't prohibited from visiting prison inmates in Florida, but it's unusual. Judge Cup has sentenced defendants who are now serving time at Hardy. And as an assistant state attorney, he prosecuted men who have ended up in this prison. So he's a little wary of being recognized during his visit with Leo. And this time, he won't be off in a private attorney room He'll be sitting in the visitation room with all the other friends and family visiting their incarcerated loved ones. So, Scott, you said you've only ever been in a prison for an attorney visit? Yeah, yeah. Never been in as a private citizen. How are you feeling about that? Wow. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I've been thinking about it, obviously, a lot. Um, just a lot of mixed feelings. I'm looking forward to seeing him. It makes me sad to see him still like this. It should be just two guys getting together, chatting. Right. And it's one guy, and then the other guy's a prisoner. I almost was thinking about, but then it, that would be like really admitting that I'm old and senile. I was going to put on a piece, a little piece of paper, just little bullet points. Uh, remember to ask him about that. Remember yeah, to yeah. talk about that. Remember to talk about this. But then I went, no, you can't do that. <laughs> That's what I do when I go yeah, in there. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to make notes about the, the, main reason I'm seeing them. It's just all these other things, you know, these random things that I remember to tell them about this. I remember to tell them about that. Yeah. Ask them about this. You want to you wanna run through your list with us? Try to <laughs> commit it to memory? Tell us what's well, on the list? It's just a bunch of random stuff. One of the things I definitely want to talk to him about is uh, the drawing he made for me. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about that drawing? Chrissy... I think she sent me a, a text picture of this drawing that she said Leo had done in prison, and it's of a lion, and it's black. I don't know if it's charcoal or a pencil or whatever it is, but anyhow, it's just, it was just really fantastic, and she said that Leo had done it, and I just said, if, if he ever does any more, tell him, you know, I would 
really be interested in purchasing one. And several weeks later, I had been out of the office in the morning, I think. I came back, and here's this framed picture, the drawing of the lion. And it was laying on my credenza right in my chambers, and uh, Chrissy had apparently dropped it off with a letter accompanying it from Leo. And I was just... I had to close my door to, you know, pull myself back together. It was was unbelievable. And then the letter that went with it, it was unsigned, and it it said at the end one day that, you know, when we can get together, then he'll sign it. Leo did a drawing for me, too. It's a lighthouse looking out over a rocky shore and rough water. I keep it framed in my office. When I'm sitting at my desk, it's always in view. I must admit I'm nervous. Right? Yeah. I don't know why. It's just kind of, I don't know, this is like kickoff again. A lot of changes coming. But he's worth it. No question about it. So we're basically here. This is it. Gator. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. So that means there's a mama somewhere. (laughs) Seems like less cars than usual. Good. Only a few minutes after nine. Hopefully there's not really a Spot. Wow. Well, what do we do now? Just take a walk up to the Hardy CI main unit. So you just want to bring your driver's license? Yeah, I got my driver's license and 20 bucks. <coughs> should do it. Yeah. yeah. See you in a bit. Kelsey and I watch as Judge Cup walks toward the entrance. He's dressed casually, jeans and a sweatshirt. Oh, I wish we would. I wish we could see Leo. I know. It sucks being here and knowing we're so close. I know. It really, it's really, it's really hard thinking about this. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking... One scene stands out above all, the hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. 
Now the person responsible for that moment, Sareb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been over a year since I last saw Leo. That was when I went to see his band, The Watchers, play in that concert. That was a really special visit because instead of just sitting in a small room together, Leo was able to give me a tour of the war room where he prayed for Jeremy Scott. Apparently, as a member of the media, I shouldn't have been permitted to do that visit. And even though I'd been approved, I'm now under review with the Florida Department of Corrections. So for now... Kelsey and I aren't allowed to visit with Leo. Visiting hours at Hardy run from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Judge Cup was planning on spending that whole time with Leo. So Kelsey and I walk back to the car. Um, anything you want to say about this experience, dropping Scott off about today? Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> Those things are about 50 yards away, and they're that loud. Big, big cranes. The ones with the red heads. I don't know which, I don't know what those ones are called. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Oh, my gosh. I bet. I wonder if they're, like, having their moment in there right now. I don't know. Okay, let's go. <laughs> this is awesome. We had a few hours to kill, so we drove around Bone Valley, grabbed lunch, then headed back to Hardy to pick up Judge Cup. We were standing in front of the main gate, looking toward the visitor pavilion. We watched as other inmates visited with their loved ones. One family was playing a game of cornhole. A couple affectionately wrapped their arms around each other. Two young kids ran through the pavilion, darting around tables and chasing each other, laughing. These moments felt so intimate, like something we shouldn't be watching. But there we were on the outside, seeing it all through multiple layers of chain link fence and barbed wire. So we were hoping maybe Leo can find some place to wave to us, but. Yeah, I just. 
I don't know either. While we were standing there, a prison official approached us. Yeah, I mean, I would like to... Hello. Like we're, to we're just here bringing a friend to visit. I have a question for you. Is that the Visit Toys Pavilion? It is. It is? Mm-hmm. We have an inmate that one of our friends is going in to see, and we were just wondering if we could wave to him, but we don't think that's possible. Um, it, it, I know who you guys are. You do? You do. I do. Yeah. You know, You're here, here about... to see Leo. Oh, you, are, you know that. I watched the um, the 2020 and the podcast. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. What'd you think? I, I can, yeah. She asked us to turn off the tape recorder. That's when she told us that she's known Leo for years and she thinks he's innocent and doesn't belong in prison. Oh, here comes Scott. He's just coming out from his visit with Leo. We were able to wave at Leo And we saw Scott and Leo put their arms around each other and hug. And it was just really beautiful to be able to witness that. Um, Okay, let's see. Hi, Hi, I'm here with my microphone to put in your face. (laughs) I'm starting to get used to it. He, um, I'm glad... I'm glad I made the dis- decision that I'm making. Um, I don't know, it's kind of... Well, let's walk back. Okay. We're leaving, sorry. Yeah. We were just picking him up, we'll leave now. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Once we got in the car, Our ride back was mostly quiet. It was clear to us that Judge Cup needed some time to process. It was pretty intense. It was pretty overwhelming. It was really nice to reconnect and just, and I told him, I said, I I just, I think he wanted to too, just wanted to talk about whatever, whatever came up and not anything too heavy. And then it just kind of, um, then it got a little more intense when I, you know, told him what I was going to do and that, that I'm planning to step off the bench effective March 1st and go back to being his lawyer. So, this is happening. Listen, that's a pretty big statement. And as a friend, a close family friend, That's a weighty proposition for me. I talked to Leo after the visit to ask him how he felt about Judge Cup's intention to leave the bench and represent him again alongside his other lawyers. I mean, I know a lot about Scott's background and uh, how long he's been an attorney, how long he worked as a prosecutor, how long he worked as a defense attorney for me, and you know, and then work this way to the bench, you know, I mean, and I gotta, I gotta think that's kind of been an aspiration of his, you know, for a long time. Uh, when he had asked to become my lawyer again, I'm, I'm like, you know, the biggest concern that I had was that, you know, this was not something he was doing because he felt obligated and he felt responsible or because Scott is not the reason why I'm in prison. So I didn't want Scott thinking that, you know, he had to do this for me because he doesn't owe me anything. Friends don't owe friends. 
and we, we talk a little bit more. And then he said, um, I noticed you didn't answer me, so uh, is that a yes, sport, or what? <laughs> and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you know, what? He said, you're going to let me in? I said, Scott, I never let you out. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's not hard for me to let you in. And, and uh, I said, I just wanted to make sure that this is something that you actually wanted to do. And he said, I, I don't want to do this. I need to do this. And he emphasized the need. Just told him I can, you know, can't ever, can't ever let it go. I guess I put him in a position that if he protested too much, it's like, okay, well, guess you'll have to find another lawyer. <laughs> too late, right? Yeah. I'm going to be devoting all my energy to being singularly focused on making sure he's out. By the end of the visit, he was saying, I need you to, you know, keep your head above water and everything. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm good. My superhero's back. You know, I had this analogy when my boat is going down, I'm sinking, the, the state has, has torpedoed it, and I'm going down. And Scott was always the one bailing in the water with me. I mean, you know, Scott's in that boat with me, and he's feeling the emotion of it. And uh, that was always important to me. It was, it was, it, it was the, the one thing that allowed me to um, get emotional thinking about it. It allowed me to to look for another day to fight. I wouldn't even know what it would be. When, that, when the boat's going down, no one knows what, what the next step is going to be. You're just going down. And, but I, I knew that as long as I had Scott with me, we'll find another, another door. We'll find another way to get the boat above water. And, you know, that's just the kind of guy that Scott really is. Leo brings up this boat analogy all the time. He says Judge Cup is in the boat with him, helping him bail water from the sinking ship. Leo tells me that I can't be in the boat. It's a legal fight, and what I'm doing, telling his story, is a different kind of thing. He says he can't have me in the boat going down with him. He says he needs me to be the lighthouse, guiding the boat to safety. Judge Cup could stay on the bench for many more years, and that's usually what judges do. They often devote their whole careers to trying to get and keep their seat on the bench. But he's letting it all go to get back in the boat with Leo. Judge Cup's letter is short and to the point. It reads, Dear Governor DeSantis, please accept this as my letter of resignation. My last day will be March 1st, 2023. I have enjoyed and am grateful for my time spent on the bench in the 20th Circuit. I look forward to the opportunities and challenges of returning to private practice. Sincerely, Scott H. Cup, Circuit Judge. You have one minute remaining. Well, listen, I just want to tell you, just standing outside the prison and seeing you through that fence was a really bittersweet moment for both Kelsey and I. It was just really hard to just wave to you and not be able to come over to you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But I think you know. exactly the same way. Okay. I think we knew where our hearts were at that moment, yelling across the yard like that. Our hearts were one. 
as they will continue to be. I love you, bud. Love thank you, you too, so yeah. much. Okay, buddy. Thank you for uh, calling. I'll, we'll talk soon, uh, okay? Thank you for allowing me to call. Yes, sir. Anytime, buddy. Yeah, have a good night. You too, man. Thanks. Bye. Many of you have been reaching out to me, asking what you can do to help Leo. Right now, the best thing to do is to sign the petition that's been set up by the Innocence Project of Florida to have Leo's case transferred to a different circuit for an independent review. You can find the change.org petition in our show notes. Follow the Bone Valley podcast for updates. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.